Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy beans, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stadia podcast with me, your host, Luke the Human. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're all good, as per usual. A uh, bit of housekeeping before we begin. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at nerdstadjic underscore pod to be kept up to date on everything and anything that I will be watching, reading, playing, and all that jazz. Also, if you listen to this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. It helps me out immensely. If you haven't subscribed yet, just go onto YouTube. Uh, type in the Nerd Stadget podcast and you'll find me there and make sure that you click the bell when you do subscribe so you are notified uh, whenever and whenever um, I post a new episode every Sunday on my YouTube channel. So today's topic, we're going to be having a lovely um, side quest episode uh, jammed in between um, two other episodes because November is packed and I basically realised that I have a lot uh, of a backlog of episodes to uh, basically get out and it was either choose the favourite ones and just do those for November and push the rest into next year uh, season three or find a nice workaround. So I figured because I've got a few book reviews and things like that in between, um, I would do a few sort of uh, side quests and this is one of them. So in today's uh, side quest, we are going to be talking about Doctor Who, The Resurrection Casket by Justin uh, Richards. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, this is a bit of a sub-series that I'm doing where I'm slowly making my way through uh, David Tennant's The Tenth Doctor and Billy Piper's Rose um, series. So I did it for the first Doctor. I went through all of the first Doctor's books as well as... Um, talking about sort of the f season one and as the show came back so I did all that and that went really really well and I really enjoyed it so for this one what I'm slowly doing is I'm making my way through the show and every time I watch an episode I would then go and read one of the books as well to kind of continue the adventure as you would do uh, back in 2005 you'd watch the show and then a new book would come out and you'd read it in between so that is the idea of this sort of mini series that I'm doing um, before I actually get on to the book and talk about that, I do have a update, the section that I, I'm calling my travels through Doctor Who. Um, so first of all, I just want to say thank you to everyone um, who supported me and listened to the uh, Doctor Who and the Daleks episode that I did uh, back in uh, September uh, as a recording. So I'm currently recording this at the end of September on the 30th um, of September. So um, there's a potentiality that it's gotten a lot more views since. Um, so I don't know. But as of recording this on the 30th of September, um, this episode is currently my most uh, successful episode of all time anywhere. And that is not just on YouTube. Uh, that is a Spotify, any sort of platform ever. Uh, it is my most popular, my most successful uh, it's currently sitting at 125 uh, views, which is incredible. Like I, I, I uploaded the episode on a Sunday and um, I woke up Monday morning just to have a look, to have a peek, as I do every time I upload a new episode every Sunday. On the Monday, I'll always check to see how it's done, if there's any comments, that sort of thing. So I woke up on, this, on the Monday 
and it it just blown up and it was just kept going it kept growing and growing and growing and there was likes and um comments and it was it was just it was lovely it, it was absolutely wonderful so to everybody who listened to the episode either on youtube or listen on spotify or any other platform um thank you genuinely and everybody anybody who uh retweeted and liked and commented um on twitter and got the word out um of the episode again thank you uh, it means so so much to me um i don't know if when i release this episode if i've already um released doctor who um the invasion uh, dalek invasion Twenty one oh five, I think it's twenty one fifteen AD. I don't know if I've re- released that one yet, um, but more than likely, knowing how my brain works and because it's Doctor Who, I'll probably release this one first, and then I'll probably release that one next. So you've got something to look forward to. So the, my thoughts and feelings of the next uh, Peter Cushing Doctor Who movie will be coming soon, if not already out. But because I'm in the past, I can't. I don't know what I've done in the future. <laughs> it's one of the downsides, really, of. Um, pre-recording a lot of your introductions a lot of your episodes is that um you've got to remember what you said in the introduction and you've got to be careful of like i don't want to announce an episode that is already is not even out yet or not going to be out by the time this is out if that makes sense um but i just want to say thank you to everybody who listened to the episode it really does mean a lot to me and i just hope it keeps um this ball rolls and all the other episodes are just as, as successful and any new listeners that i got welcome uh, if you're here for Doctor Who, great. Um, but if you any other episodes that you want to check out, again, Spotify, any other podcasting platform, YouTube, go nuts, comment, like, all that jazz, share. It helps me out immensely. We're growing day by day, and it's all down to you being. So thank you very, very much uh, for the love and support. It really does mean a lot. So I just want to say thank you there. Next thing I want to talk about is um, my series two episodes. So as I mentioned uh, at the beginning, uh, what I've been doing as I would uh, read a book, uh, read one of the books, I would watch an episode. This one, The Resurrection Casket, as I was doing my research, it was a bit difficult to pinpoint as to where it fits in to the episode adventures. So the actual TV show itself, um, primarily because this none of the books feature mickey like mickey might be there in the background but as actually a mickey as a companion it doesn't really show up and he's only really a companion in a few episodes um of the actual series too so i did wasn't really sure where to fit this one in um i I can't remember if i started reading this after tooth and claw um but what i decided to do instead of because Mickey was there, it wouldn't really make sense the ecologically in my head, as well as why would they have Mickey as a companion, drop him off, go off and do this adventure, then pick him up. It wouldn't really make sense. The whole sort of, um, again, continuity of how it all works. So what I decided to do, so I watched uh, School Reunion, which is where we see Martha, uh, Sarah Jane. Uh, she comes back, um, which was wonderful to see Sarah Jane again. I miss Sarah Jane so much. Um, and we get the Krillithanes, which I, I love them. I think they're fascinating, incredible episode. Um, then we had that. Then we had uh, episode four, The Girl in the Fireplace, which with Marie-Anne, uh, not Marie, uh, Madame de Pompadour. I always, for a long time, I used to get it wrong. I used to say it was Marie Antoinette. It's not, it's Madame de Pompadour. Um, but this episode always makes me cry. Wonderful episode. Um, it just it it never fails to get me uh, really emotional. It's one of those that if I ever 
talk about sort of David Tennant's era, just watch The Girl in the Fireplace. It is moving and powerful and one of my favourites um, of uh, sort of the revival series. Uh, and then after that, we had the two episode special. Uh, which was the rise of the Cybermen and the Age of Steel. This is where we kind of reintroduced to the Cybermen, which is kind of a shame because I wish that Christopher Eccleston's Doctor got a chance to deal with the Cybermen. Like we got him with the Daleks, which was fantastic, um, but I would have loved to see him with Cybermen. I think because we did have a little bit because he looked, he looked when he goes to the um, the guy that runs the internet um, episode where we actually meet the Dalek for the first time uh he actually looks at a head a disembodied head of a old sort of classic version of the cyberman and he just looks at him because remembering of an old enemy um i just wish we had a bit more there but david tent does a fantastic job the tenth doctor with the cyberman is is absolutely wonderful uh in these two episodes the rise of cyberman and the age of steel they're very much mickey uh centered stories they're in a parallel world so my my thought and feelings was because Mickey Garner gets involved with the team and score reunion, um, I would just watch all the way up to episode six, which is the Age of Steel, which is sort of the end of of Mickey's not just companionship, but it's the last time we actually see Mickey for a long time because he's stuck in this parallel um, world. And once he was gone, I stopped at episode seven, The Idiot's Lantern. Didn't start. I haven't started it yet. And I started my read of the Resurrection Casket. And I think that even though there's no real continuity, as I say, this is where it fits in. Uh, this is where I'm going to continue from. So now I've finished the book, um, I'm going to go off and I'm going to watch the Idiot Lantern from there. And then one of the difficult parts is, again, as I was doing my research on the other books, um, we have episode eight, which is the Impossible Planet, which then leads into episode nine uh the satan pit those two a bit difficult episodes as well because again because they're very contained both episodes it's hard to tell where the books fit in and i'm not really sure so i'm still looking into that one i'm still doing my research there but i'll figure it out when i get there um so yeah so i'm reading this after the age of steel episode eight before episode seven the idiot's lantern just to update um anybody there who is also following along at home if you are thank you let me know how your journey is going um also another thing i wanted to mention so i talked about it in my doctor Who and the daleks episode uh basically i don't to sort of recap if anybody hasn't listened to the episode to recap i haven't really had a lot of experience with the classic doctors haven't got a lot of experience with sort of hartnell with pertwee um, with those sort of doctors, my sort of introduction to Doctor Who was mostly um, with the classic doctors. That was was obviously Christopher Eccleston, and then I went back, and then it was always Tom, um, Tom Baker. So one, two, and three, I missed those completely, and I really do want to go back and, and check those episodes out. Sadly, a lot of the episodes for those sort of doctors, a lot of them are missing and lost, sadly. But the audio is still available you can still listen to the audios so i went out and i bought uh, the doctor the last tv episodes collection one and two so collection one is from 1964 to 1965 and in collection one we have uh, marco polo uh, the reign of terror the crusade galaxy four and the myth makers 
uh, all fantastic stories. Yeah, a lot of fun. Really, really a lot of fun. And what I love about this collection is when you get to the end of the uh, collection, they go back and they talk to any of the companions or cast uh, that are still alive. And they talk about and they reminisce their memories of shooting these episodes and what it was like uh, Doctor Who during the 60s, during sort of the first few years of actually running uh, and filming the show, which is incredibly fascinating. There's a lot of a lot I didn't know. And um, I really like a Hartnell's version of uh, the Doctor, how it's very, very different. So I really like it for that. And also, again, to be able to re-experience these episodes that we missed, again, like Marco Polo, like Reign of Terror, The Crusade, Galaxy 4, Myth Makers, and the like, they're all lost. So to have, still have a way of experiencing them was quite wonderful. I quite like um, Marco Polo. Um, a lot of fun. Now when I finally managed to sit down and listen to it all, instead of having snippets, it's a very historical. Um, I loved how they took the idea of having Marco Polo narrate as if he was narrating in a diary, his adventures with the Doctor and that sort of thing. So that was quite interesting. I really liked uh, Galaxy 4. That was quite fascinating. The Myth Makers was good as well. That deals with Troy and the Trojan Horse and all that. Very, very interesting. Very fascinating. So I really like that. Um, currently, I'm halfway through about... 50% of the way through uh, listening to uh, Collection 2. Uh, Collection 2, you have the Mission to the Unknown, uh, the Dalek's Master Plan, the Masquerade, the Celestial Toymaker, and the Savages. I've finished the Mission to the Unknown. I've finished the Dalek's Master Plan, which I'll be honest, I didn't much like that episode. Um, and I'm currently listening to The Massacre. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to get both these collections, and it's, it wasn't just for the fact of um, wanting to experience sort of the classic Doctor episodes that are now missing, uh, but also primarily for Collection 2, The Celestial Toymaker. Now, those episodes, again, are mostly all lost. And um, I did look. I thought, well, maybe if I could find the book, I could read the book. The book is very expensive <laughs> because they're collectors. The old Virgin... Um, uh, the Virgin Collections, uh, all, is it Virgin or Target Collections? One of those. Um, very, very hard to find, and it's a bit of a collectible, and if you can find it, it's not cheap at all. So this is my next best thing. But the other reason I wanted to check out the Celestial Toymaker is because um, he's making a comeback in the 60th anniversary uh, specials this November. So I wanted to experience um, his character and his adventures with the Doctor um, as much as I can to prepare myself for the um, 60th. So I can't wait to start that one. That is after the massacre. So I can't wait to uh, jump on to that one. As well, they, they go forth and then you have... Uh, the Collection 3, which has bits of the first Doctor and the second Doctor. Uh, collection 4, which is all of the second Doctor. Collection 5, all the second, second Doctor again. Collection 6, oddly, goes back to the first Doctor. Um, so I am going to make my way through these collections. And hopefully um, when the big collection box sets come out and they're a bit cheaper, um, I will jump onto those as well but i want to watch the animated versions of these episodes because a lot of these last episodes have been turned into animated films or animated sort of um shows shall we say so i would like to buy those and watch the animated version of these shows as well instead of just listening to them so i've got a lot planned in terms of classic doctor who um 
that'll most likely be next year when I start looking to any into any of those in more detail. Um, but if you are looking forward to more Doctor Who, especially the classic stuff, I am doing my research. I am listening to the last episodes, and um, I'm hopefully going to try and get my way into experiencing a lot more of these older Doctors. Hopefully, starting as much as I can, anyway, as much as I'm available, to start with the first Doctor and to make my way through all the way up to Sylvester McCoy. And then Paul McGann, and then Chris, uh, Christopher Eccleston, and, and so on. Um, so that is what I'm doing in terms of my research. Also, what I, I just wanted to slide in here quickly because um, I don't know when I'm going to get a chance to do this again. Um, but my quick thoughts on the, re oh, well, currently the recent uh, 60th anniversary trailer. There's potentiality by the time I release this, I've already seen uh the because this, this will come out in november i've already either seen the new uh 60th uh, anniversary episodes whichever i have lucky me in the future um or there's potentiality that this will come out before then and if i'm clever i would more so unlikely to kind of ride that wave i'll either pull it before or during so i could ride that doctor who wave <laughs> so the episodes are a lot more successful <laughs> you know because you've got to ride that wave you know um but my quick thoughts on the recent 60th anniversary trailer are as follows. I loved it. Absolutely enjoyed it. Uh, I watched it three times and I cried my eyes out each time. Um, primarily, it started when uh, Diana is talking to the 14th Doctor, David Tennant, and she basically goes, um, this thing that comes made the TARDIS run away. And the Doctor's like, yeah. And she's like, well, let's go kick its ass." And I'm like, yes. Donna's back. I love it. And I started to cry again. Um, I was in tears, um, but there was so much love and there's so much passion that has gone into this. I can't believe what Rusty Davis is able to do. It feels so high budget. It feels it feels like uh, it feels like James Bond. You know what I mean? It just feels next level. It feels like a movie. Like if if you was to make another Doctor Who film, this would be what you'd expect it to be like. You know what I mean? So. I'm really, really excited. Um, Neil Patrick Harris as the Celestial Toy Maker. I always knew he was the Celestial Toy Maker. It was just obvious, you know, um, having all the hints there and all the Easter eggs. It was obvious of who he was, but it was officially announced after the trailer dropped who he was going to be playing, what we all, all knew. Also, Miriam Markley's was uh, announced as playing Beep the Meep, which is so, so good. I love Beep. I love Beep the Meep. I love him so much. And if they don't release a Beep the Meep plushie, I am going to riot at dawn um, because i really want to beat the meat plushie um and i'm not alone all of doctor who twitter it really wants one as well uh but it's got me excited it really really has and the final scene where we get to see just a glimpse of shutagawa um as uh the 15th doctor was was really nice and really wonderful to see i'm a big fan of Shutagawa, uh, especially now that I've seen all of Sex Education. I finally finished uh, the final season, which was fantastic. He was fantastic in it. Um, and it's got me really excited to not just see how he plays the Doctor, but also just to see his career grow. I haven't seen Barbie yet, but I've been told he's pretty good in Barbie. So I'm I'm quite excited to see the trajectory of Shuti's um, career um, during Doctor Who and after Doctor Who, because... He's such a fantastic, talented actor. So I'm really, really excited for it. But I just wanted to add that in because I don't know um, if I'll ever get a chance to really talk about my thoughts and feelings of the 60th anniversary trailer. Um, but yeah, 
hopefully, if I'm clever, I've released this before the episodes, the specials come out, so I can ride that wave. Um, there's because there'd be no point doing this if <laughs> you know if the episodes already come out. But I am going to cover those episodes when they come out, so don't worry. Each episode I'm going to review. So there's going to be a lot more Doctor Who goodness to come. Anyway, so that is my updates. I know it's a bit of a long update, but I just wanted to do sort of quick updates because I don't know when I'll ever get a chance to do a lot of those uh, again. Um, also, we're going to be moving on to the actual book review-ish side of it now. So for the book sort of description... For the brief synopsis, we have on a shadowy planet called Starfell, where no modern technology works, the Doctor and Rose become involved in a quest for a lost treasure that belongs to Hamlet Glint, the resurrection casket, supposedly the key to eternal life, but the TARDIS has stopped working too. Dun dun dun. As for the blurb that's written on the back of the book, Starf Starfall, a world on the edge where crooks and smugglers hide in the gloomy shadows and modern technology refuses to work, and that includes the TARDIS. The pioneers, who used to be drawn by the hope of making a fortune from the mines, can find easier pickings elsewhere, but still they, co but, but they still come for the romance of it, or in the hope of finding the lost treasure of Hamlet Glint, scourge of the spaceways, privateer, adventurer and bandit. Will the TARDIS ever work again? Is Glint's lost treasure waiting to be found? And does the fabled resurrection casket, the key to eternal life, really exist? With the help of new friends and facing terrifying new enemies, the Doctor and Rose aim to find out the resurrection casket. As I said, I've read this one. Uh, I won't say if I liked it or didn't like it yet, because I'm going to save that for in a minute for the review. Um, but I will say it's a, it's a fun read. It's a very, very fun read. Um, as for the continuity, so these are the things uh, continuity-wise I, I noticed, things that have uh, been mentioned in other episodes not of the TV show or maybe classic episodes that I've seen that I that I notice um, or just bits of continuity trivia that I've, I've noticed and I want to add in. So we have uh, the Doctor mentions that something might be the origin of uh, the genie myth but he doesn't know for sure uh, this place is this story before the book the stone rose uh, which is another book uh, which is the first book in uh, the david tennant and rose um, series if i had known that i probably would have read the resurrection action first um, so that bothered me but um, i have reviewed the stone rose if you want to go check that out that is on my podcasting platforms as well as youtube um, but this play this places the story the resident casket before the book the stone rose where the origin of the genie myth is discovered which i thought was quite fascinating also it did it did angst me um because if i again like i said if i'd known that i would have swept the books around and started resurrection Res the resurrection casket first but it doesn't matter i'm here now um also uh Kronkbergers, uh from the long game which was uh, one of the episodes with um uh, Christopher Eccleston uh, in his series. So Kronkberger's made a return, which I thought was a nice little nod that I liked. Uh, also a banana from the Doctor Dances and the Girl in the Fireplace make an appearance because the Doctor likes to have bananas in his pockets. I don't know why, which is something that he likes to do. <laughs> so obviously the Doctor Dances was a another one of um, uh, the, the uh, 
Ninth Doctor, Christopher Eccleston's episodes, and obviously The Girl in the Fireplace was one of David Tennant's. So that's what makes me say this took place after those, because again, the banana in the pocket thing. Um, also, uh, The Fighting Hand, uh, Doctor David Tennant, obviously not David Tennant, The Tenth Doctor in this book uh, references uh, his fighting hand, which is a nod to the Christmas invasion, where he loses his hand while he's battling the uh, Straxi. And uh, his new one grows and he goes, this is a fine hand. Um, I just wanted to to, to mention that here. Um, also, another thing, sort of a bit of a reference to pop culture. Uh, it will become more evident when I get around to actually doing uh, the review. Um, but this story is loosely is is a loosely based sort of science fiction adaptation of Robert Louis Stevens 1883 novel uh, Treasure Island with the doctor taking the role of Dr Livesley and Rose sharing the Jim Hawkins part with a young boy named Jim I haven't read Robert Louis Stevens book uh, Treasure Island but I have watched the Muppets Treasure Island I've seen the classic black and white Treasure Island and I've seen Treasure Planet from Disney Treasure Planet being my favourite, um, of course. And um, so I just wanted to mention that because this, this book does pay very closely to Treasure Island, which, again, I'll go into more details in that in the actual review, but I wanted to mention it here uh, in the introduction. But that is all she wrote for the intro. Uh, I have come to the end of my notes, and to be honest, I've been talking for almost... 25 minutes now so um i think without further ado enough waffling off me time to get into review so let's get into it shall we the resurrection casket by justin richards right so here is my review of the resurrection casket by justin richards Uh, i finished this book yesterday it took me longer uh to finish this than i had liked um been really really busy of september not just with the pod but with other things as well so um it took me a while to get through it but i absolutely adored this book i enjoyed it so so much one thing i loved about it the most is that i was born again this is going to probably make no sense until it does make sense but i was born in like in 1998 um so growing up I was privy to two of the best Disney movies, modern Disney movies, shall I say, uh, ever made, um, and that they don't get as much love and appreciation as they deserve. Those being uh, Lost City of Atlantis and Treasure Planet, specifically for this book, uh, Treasure Planet. Uh, Like I said, um, I have not read Lewis Stevens' book but I do. I have seen like the Muppets. I have seen the original black and white version. I've also seen Treasure Planet. And if I could say anything that this book is like, this is basically uh, Treasure Planet mixed with uh, steampunk, mixed with uh, Robert Louis Stevens' Treasure Island. That is what this book is. It plays homage to it perfectly. Um, basically, the, the premise of this story is that the Doctor and Rose are in the TARDIS. They're flying through the time vortex. And they hit a wave. They hit like an, a, a huge sort of EMP. Best way to explain it. And it knocks them off course. It knocks them out of the time vortex. And they land in Starfell. Uh, Starfall, sorry. Uh, when they get there. They basically realise that. 
once they leave the TARDIS, because there's no power, the TARDIS locks the door, so they can't even get back into the TARDIS if they want to, and they're stuck. And they're in this little sort of town, uh, on well, kind of like town on the sea, but it's not in the sea because they're in space. It's hard to explain. <laughs> but they're in this little place that um, there's no technology, there is nothing. It's very much back to basics, rule, rule. Uh, anything that you would imagine what it would look like in parts of the Caribbean. Tortuga uh, or the docks of London during that time, that sort of thing. Um, and basically everything is run off steam. Everything is very steampunky. Everything, all the technology is run off water and steam because cause this, they think called this, they have this thing that's called the Zeg, which is at the center of this little galaxy. And every now and then it's pulsing out huge waves of EMP. And that just lock, knocks out any. Um, electronics and communications so that any ships that fly into the Zeg basically uh, shut down, start working and people drift and find their way to uh, Starfall. And most people that are stuck here then uh, just become miners so they can make enough money to get a steamship to take them off all the way to the other end of the galaxy, of this galaxy, um, to out of the reach of the Zeg so they can leave and you know, get technology back, and some of them are in their minds for the rest of their life, um, and then some of them become pirates or pirateers, and then some of them are there to go and find the treasure of Heimlich Glint. So, very much, it sets up this idea of a sort of adventure sort of book. This is, book is primarily all just about adventure, really. It it takes it away from the horrorish sort of side of The Feast of the Drowned um, in the last book that I read. This one is just pure adventure with twists and turns and swashbuckling and pirates and everything that I really love and want um, from not just a Doctor Who book, but just from a book in general. I want adventure. I want escapism. And this book um, gives you it in spades, really. Or should I say buckets? <laughs> because you know pirates digging yeah anyway terrible joke moving on uh i like i said i really really enjoyed this one the characters are fun they were interesting there was lots of twists and turns and usually i'm quite good at noticing twists in stories um i've read so many books now that whenever i get into a book if there's a twist i'm usually halfway before that even twist is revealed piecing together things in my mind being like oh it could be this person well it could be that person because i read this and i read that part and it, it would seem like it was this person and usually not all the time but i would say nine about eight seven times out of ten i can usually crack the twist before it happens and i still i'm still sort of shocked by the twist i'm still like oh but it's more just the fact of instead of being like oh, i didn't know that it was more the fact of oh i knew it i knew it it was obvious um but with this one this book got me it really got me. I, I didn't see the twist coming until it happened. And I, I did. I paused and I went back and I reread it. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. I like that one. Um, because I had, because the whole, without going to real spoilers, the whole sort of a mystery and adventure of this story is the fact of the Doctor is stuck in Starfell with Rose. They're trying to get the TARDIS outside of this seg, outside of the EMP waves, so that they can get the TARDIS back up and running and leave. As the Doctor does, he has found himself sort of caught up in a mystery, in an adventure. And it, in a way, it's like a means to an end. His idea is, well, I can get the TARDIS if I can try to help solve this mystery. I can fool somebody into putting the TARDIS on their ship so I can get it outside the radius of the seg, and then we can leave. 
but the doctor being the doctor and being quizzical as he is basically goes oh well while we're here i might as well try to solve this mystery and maybe even explore some pirate treasure you know and rose is very much the fact of okay fine yeah let's do it she's she's like okay i'll, I'll follow you i want to leave but okay um and it is very swashbuckling. We meet this versions of John Silver. Uh, we meet this versions of Jim Hawkins, in the character's name is Jim, and his uncle Bob. Uh, we meet a guy called Kevin, who is a trans... Uh, the best way to explain him, he's a trans-dimensional um, monster, but he's not a monster, but he is. Uh, but he doesn't like to be called a monster. He's a Kevin, and he is... He's, he's highly sophisticated, Um Basically, he is what he is, but he doesn't want to be. So he's like very well educated. Very much the fact of you know, like if he's sent to kill somebody, he's like, I do apologize for this. I really am. I I, I don't hold any quarrel with you at all. I do apologize. Um, and then he kills them because he has to. And um, we have the sort of common uh, idea behind the black spot or the black shadow, as they call it in this. Anybody who doesn't know their pirate law, that if a pirate would put the black spot onto you it means that you are condemned to death and that um you are going to die soon um and again me being a big fan of pirates i was like oh love it great uh and that's where kevin comes into it and there's many times where the black spot gets put on the doctor and kevin comes and he's like you again god's sake all right i do apologize for this and the doctor's like no no it's fine and then the doctor runs off and they have their own little banter as they're running and the doctor tries to squirm his way out of it. Uh, many times in this, like, we all know David Tennant loves to run. His doctor is just famous for it. He's like the Tom Cruise of, of running, really, in the Doctor Who universe. David Tennant is. Um, and he runs majority of this book back and forth, running away from Kevin, running a, uh, away from other pirates, running towards pirates, running from danger, running to danger. Um there's a lot of running. It, it's very active in the story. And there's a lot of times Rose is just sitting there going, I'm just going to wait here. <laughs> you know? But it, it's a lot of fun. It, it's very much an adventure story. Um, again, I have read another book by Justin Richards. He did um, The Clockwork Man, I think it's called, which is the first uh, one of the new novels that was written for uh, this generation of Doctor Who, uh, from Crystal Ecclestone, which was actually the first time we actually meet the Clockwise Men which we actually didn't see properly until uh, David Tennant's series two, when the girl in the fire, when we meet those clockwork men, that was actually the first time we see them in that book. And Justin, Justin Richards kind of introduced them, um, which again, I love that bit of trivia there, but he is a, a fantastic writer, Justin Richards. I've listened to other things by him uh, in big finish. And I think I've got other books uh, that I've read on audiobook by him as well. He's a fantastic author. He did a fantastic job here. Um, yeah, my overall sort of thoughts and feelings on this book, because again, it, it it's only going to be a short review, because not, well, mostly because the introduction was really, really long, but also the fact of, unlike Feast of the Damned, where there was a lot of detail and there was a lot going on, in this one, it's more just the fact of, if you've read um, Treasure Planet, or I mean, it's sorry, should I say, if you watch Treasure Planet, or if you've read uh, Treasure Island, or seen any of the adaptations or the original movie, if you've seen any of them, you basically know the story here. Uh, the only difference is that it's changed um, bits where, like, it's in space instead of obviously on Earth, um, 
which is kind of a bit like Treasure Planet as well. Uh, obviously, you have the big treasure at the end, and there's a twist there. Like that, that idea behind the treasure is very much changed from the original story and adaptations. Um, also, you have the resurrection casket as well which obviously wasn't in the original ones. That one's really, really fascinating, the Resurrection Casket, when I'm trying to figure out what it is and what it does. And there are many moments in this story where the Doctor is kind of pulled against the wall and you have um, basically one character called McCavity. He's very much adamant the fact that he's trying to force the Doctor to use the the Resurrection Casket. God, my dyslexia is kicking in with that word. The Resurrection Casket. He's trying to make the Doctor use it. And the Doctor refuses to use it um, because the Doctor knows what that casket does. And he's like, look, don't open it because you're not going to like what you see. And it, it doesn't do what you think it does. I'm trying to be purposely vague because obviously I don't want to spoil the story. Um, but he's very much not taking it. He's like, no, open it now. I'm going to put the black shadow on you. And he puts the black shadow on the Doctor because the Doctor doesn't do it. And again, he gets chased off by Kevin. And again, he's, he's running around the ship. And they have their little banter as Kevin is chasing him. He doesn't want to chase him. He would much rather, you know, sit and do a crossword um, and eat, uh, eat, drink tea and eat crumpets than uh, chase a man and try to kill him. He really doesn't want to do it. He just has to do it because he's, that's his sort of job. He has to do it. If his master tells him to do something, he has to do it. Or else if he doesn't do it, he goes to hell. It's very, very fascinating. Very, very interesting. I love this idea of this new character, Kevin. And I would love to see him appear again. Probably not. He probably would never appear again in any of the other books. But he's a character that if they're going to... Like, like Beep the Meep. Beep the Meep was originally shown in the comics um, of a, a um, Fourth Doctor uh, story. Um that was the first time Beep the Meep came up and he was that widely loved that Beep was then put into Big Finish and then eventually Beep was brought into live action. I would love the same to happen to Kevin. Kevin would be a fantastic character to sort of bring into live action because he's just so much fun. And like he's a big he's a big black hairy monster beast. But he also he's very charming. He's very lovely. Um, and that just because he is a monster doesn't mean he has to be a monster. And it, 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 I'm not saying it makes you think or anything. It, you know, don't read anything more into it than that. Than well, don't read any more into it than I am. Um, but I just love the take on his character and the, and the way he is and the way he acts. I, I love uh, all of that. So I love Kevin. Uh, more Kevin. That's what I could be like. If you want to see anything more in Shugawa's, uh series, I want more Kevin. Only people that read this book will understand that. And if you haven't read it, then you, you won't even know what I'm talking about. But yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. It was an adventure story. And I went on an adventure and I can't, you know, say any more than that. Overall, I would definitely recommend it. Even if you're not a fan of Treasure Island or Treasure Planet, it's still a fantastic read. And if you are a fan of those, especially Treasure Planet, because this feels very much Treasure Planet-y, um, mixed in with the steampunk aspect of it and how that there are robots that are like part human, part machine, but the machine part of them are like boilers and gears and steam. Um, and then you have other robots as well that all run off steam power and that they always have to be near water because if they're too far away from water, eventually their boilers run out of water, again, she run, run out of steam and they seize up and die, right? Incredibly fascinating, incredibly interesting, swashbuckling. To quote the Ninth Doctor, absolutely fantastic. Um, so that's my thoughts and feelings on the Resurrection Casket. I had a lot of fun with it. I really, really enjoyed my time. Um, I can't recommend it enough. Um, yeah, I think the next one I have to read 
is the Nightmare of Black Island, but obviously I want to watch the Idiot Lantern first, and then I'll watch the Doctor Who Confidential, uh, Confidential to get more details onto that story. I was actually thinking, you know, a um, bit of a side note here, this is a wild note that I want to add in here. Um, would anybody be interested in me after I've done um, looking at sort of the tenth Ten and Rose series, series two? Would anybody like if we interested if I look into Doctor Who Confidential, the history behind it, you know, and the behind the scenes and all that kind of stuff? It was just a thought off the top of my head. I haven't, again, I haven't put much thought into it, but that could be a good thing to look into because Doctor Who Confidential was a big part of my sort of childhood growing up. You like you would watch a Doctor Who episode and then you would jump over to BBC Three and you would watch an hour to hour to 30 minutes um of doctor confidential breaking down the episode you just watched and behind the scenes stuff which i really love the behind the scenes stuff anyway so all that was very very fascinating to me um and obviously they're bringing it back now uh, with doctor unleashed which is a terrible name but i'm, I'm glad they're bringing back doctor confidential in some aspect um but yeah, maybe that would be a good one. You know, if you're interested, again, let me know in Twitter or on YouTube in the comments down below or just drop me a DM or something and um, it'd be an interesting topic. But yeah, Doctor Who Confidential would, might be a good thing to look into. But yeah, um, The night, the Nightmare of Black Island by Mike Tucker uh, is the next uh, book that I'll be reading. Apparently, from what I've looked into it, that one is a lot more horror-ish. Um, really, I should be reading that for Halloween, but instead I am reading Doctor Who, The Tales of Terror, which is what I'll be reading for Halloween, which, as we're recording this now, is actually the 1st of October. Uh, so maybe I will. Maybe how long it takes me to finish The Tales of Terror, uh, I will get round to reading that one. But we will see. We'll see what happens. But thank you very, very much for listening uh, to my ramblings about Doctor Who. I love it so, so much. And I can't wait to talk about more. Um, but if you want to see more of me, I have episodes already up of other Doctor Who things, of other Doctor Who novels. Uh, I did a breakdown of the ninth Doctor's season when he first met Rose and the whole revival uh, of Doctor Who. I have reviewed now the first Doctor Who uh, movie with Peter Cushing. Uh, the, hopefully soon the second uh, movie review will be out soon for that. So again, if you don't want to miss it, uh, make sure you subscribe and follow me on Spotify and all that jazz. Um, yeah, if you like Doctor Who stuff, I've got a lot more coming. So look into it. But even if you're not interested in Doctor Who stuff, you just like the podcast, make sure that you follow me on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod to be kept up to date uh, on anything that anything that I'm doing. Uh, also, like I mentioned, follow me on YouTube, uh, like, comment and subscribe. It helps me out immensely. Um, and yeah, I have been your host, Luke the Human. Thank you very, very much for listening. You've been listening to the Nerdstagic podcast because obviously you know you are. Uh, hello, Beans and all that jazz. You know where you are. You know what you're doing by now. And uh, yeah, I'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye. <laughs>